Welcome to another episode featured on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and other popular podcast channels. And now, your university professor, published author, and U.S. Army Airborne Ranger veteran, Dr. Aaron Bryant. You know, we have, uh, when you look around the country, you see how our one percenters are contributing to monuments. Uh, we'll find ways of getting the budget and building something to represent a culture of people or a um, something that we felt was such a landmark in our society. Um, you know, some of the ones that I'm very proud of is the African American Museum. Uh, we have the Holocaust Museum, which I think is absolutely amazing. And yet, for many years, we had nothing to recognize the Native American veterans till finally, right now, literally, as of last year, they finally, thanks to the Smithsonian National Museum, they were actually created a National Native American Veterans Memorial. That has just literally been launched on Veterans Day of last year. Now, if you're listening to this podcast or watching me on YouTube and you did not know this, I'm, my response to you is I'm not surprised. They, I will throw this out right now because it's already on my mind, but uh, next year, Veterans Day of 2021, I believe it was, they're going to have this major uh, grand opening type deal. So just put that on your calendars. I'm sorry. I say 2021. I meant 2022. It's next year, not this year. It's next year. They're supposed to do this major thing. There's actually a website and I can actually, let me pull it up real quick. Uh, oh, I don't think I have it. I don't want to take too much time from the radio show, but yeah, on my, on, as you guys know, um, on the YouTube or on the podcast, I always leave links. So there will be a link for that. So click on it and you can be able to look and see and get the details. Um, I find that is very important. And I think if you could at very least find time when you're traveling around the country or if you're visiting, I believe there's two of them. There's one in New York and there's one in D.C. So definitely make it a point to pay your respects, because, again, we have no idea where we would be if it wasn't for Native Americans stepping up despite how we treated them. And yet they continue to be there for this country the the unfair treatment that they went through is again one of the reasons why like i said i get angry i get sad uh the disappointment in this country i mean they right now to this day we're still treating them poorly the veterans of american indians and alaska native veterans okay that's what i'm focusing on they have lower incomes and they also have a lower educational educational attainment, which means basically they're not giving the same opportunities. 
This is unheard of. We're talking about the veterans, okay? Why is that the case? Why is that they have a higher unemployment rate than any other veteran race? They're supposed to be our brothers and sisters, all right? Brothers in arms. I personally cannot think of any American Indians or Alaska Native that I served with, with the Rangers. I can't think of any at all. I would have probably noticed because, again, if their skin color is anything like mine, I would have honed in on it. Um, and I honestly don't think we had any in the Rangers, at least not during my time. But despite that, when we get out of the military, they should have every opportunity to be able to acquire any benefit that's available. And yet we're seeing that that's not happening. It's one thing to hear that they're having challenges. It's another thing that the entire race is leading the unemployment, is leading the low income. And in addition to that, we're also seeing the lack of health insurance and have a disability or service connection that they're not being able to get service for than any other veteran of other races. Again, if you're, again, if you're listening to this and you're shaking your head, then that means I'm getting through to you. If you're a veteran and you're listening to this, you know why I'm upset because this is not right. When we're in combat, we don't even think about your skin color. I mean, when I was in garrison at the Ranger Battalion in the barracks, I got treated like shit. I, I'm sorry if there's kids listening. I apologize. I got treated really badly. I mean, when you're talking about the, uh, the essence of bullying and hazing and all that, you know, I could care less what 2020 said, how it's gone away or they're not doing it or anything of that nature, or it's only in Iraq. Yeah, no, that's not true. Um, the thing is, we, as, as a black man, you know, you, you go as, well, I can't even say as a black man. All I know is this me, okay? So for me to go through what I went through, and then to come out of the military, I expect to be treated the same. The interesting thing is in garrison, they treated me differently. But once we're on the battlefield, once we're actually got tracers flying by your head, it wasn't about skin color. I can expect discrimination back in the rear. I can I can expect discrimination when I landed and I'm back in California or Georgia. But it's interesting that it's not it's non-existent when somebody's life is on the line. US Today News. Okay? You guys know that. Very, very popular worldwide publication. They did a report. They called it Deadly Discrimination. And they basically were talking about a reservation area in New Mexico. And they're talking about how healthcare is not being, or it says underfunded. 
That's what they said. Now they're looking at a, a county there and they said this large portion of this Navajo nation, this reservation, they're saying that they're lacking basic infrastructure. Now I looked into this because I wanted to understand what did that mean? Now, again, I traced what this was about. I wanted to know where is a large populace of veterans? Where do they live? Where are their families? Where are their kids? Okay, they're in this area, New Mexico. They're in this county called McKinley. And yet I find out that 30% of the homes have no water. One in three of the homes, no sink or toilet. And 55,000 homes, out of 55,000 homes, 15,000 of those have no electricity. That's like 27%, one out of four. So that piqued my interest because I was like, okay, let's really understand what this means. So I did some homework, found some websites with other with a lot of the Native American data and information. I looked up how big this particular area was and did some comparisons. Now, West Virginia has a population of 1.792 million. So let's just say 1.8 million people. And it's about 24,230 square miles, okay? So in one of the websites I found, which was really interesting, they said in that area, that particular uh, population square miles has about 162 supermarkets. Okay, I found that interesting. It's like, oh, all right, access to food. That many square miles, 162 supermarkets. Did a comparison to this same area in New Mexico, which has a large population of, again, Native Americans. And apparently, they only have. 13 supermarkets and the same amount of square footage miles. Square miles is the same amount, but yet they have only 13 supermarkets. Okay. I, I, I go, okay, let's, let's continue reading and understanding. So we, we find out this particular location, this particular county, and we're looking into how they're underfunded. All right, so we're in a crisis right now, this epidemic, and we're now where people are dying, and we have this COVID thing that exists, the COVID-19, it's an epidemic. People are getting sick, people are dying. Some people say it's a hoax, some people say it's real. I'm not getting into politics. I do know that if they go to the hospital and they say you have COVID, you have a case. All right. So in this particular county, 4,213 cases existed uh, in this particular area. So you have deaths per 10,000. This particular county had 33.4. That was their percentage. Deaths per 10,000. The national average per 10,000 was 5.6. I, 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 I cannot, I, I cannot understand how we can allow something like that to happen. 
So I was curious to know what is exactly is the breakdown of people there. Okay. So I looked at the entire area. I did again, did my homework, looked it up, research. Let me let me share with you. This particular county, it had 1% agent. It's, it's, it's multicultural. That's the thing. I thought it was going to be like, oh, it's just all Native Americans or it's just all. No, it's it's got Asian, about a 1%. Blacks, 0.6%. They didn't have any Hawaiians, but they had 14.3 Hispanic. They had 8.8 white. And he had 1.5 multi-races, mixed, you know, mixed nationalities, another 0.1% of, you know, unidentified or other. And it was 73.7% was Native American. So, yeah, three quarters of this particular county is Native American. So my question is, out of 72,849 people that lived in this county, are we not giving them the proper health care because most of them are Native American? I'm not a politician. But I think I have enough common sense when I can see discrimination. It may not be deliberate, but if we can send healthcare resources to other countries? Why is it that we cannot focus what's right here, right here next to us, within our borders? I'm not even gonna get into the politics of outside the border, within our borders. This particular county has a COVID-19 death rate of 33.4. 33.4 when our country is only, I mean, and, and when our country does not even come close. So again, I was curious. So I wanted to do a comparison to my county where I live right now. I'm not going to tell you where there is, but I'm just going to say out of the 10,000 people, what's the percentage? Mine is 1.6. That's the death rate, by the way, 1.6 compared to the 33.4 in this other county of Native Americans. Now, I was curious to understand the poverty level, because again, are we picking on them being Native Americans or are we picking on them because they're just poor? So I wanted to look and I found out where is their poverty line? Well, 36% of the population is under the poverty line compared to my county, which is 9.1%. So, all right. In my county, I, I won't lie, we have some very affluent people in this county, a lot of our tech execs, et cetera, et cetera. So I was like, eh, maybe that's not a good example. I know. I want to compare it to the county I grew up in. If you guys know and heard my other stories or my other shows, I grew up in Compton. You can't, that's a very poor area. Now, granted, Compton's within LA County, but I was, again, I'm curious to know. Because L.A. County has a lot of poor areas. So, again, the Native American has 73% of Native Americans with a 33.4% death rate compared to where I grew up, 5.8. 
I quickly scrambled and tried to come up with some really poor cities that I could think of across the nation. Um, I'm not going to say I'm the best person that could actually come up with top of my head some of the poorest cities around the country, but the ones that I did find, they their numbers were not that high. I think I only found one that was a double digit at like a 11%. This country has proven to continue breaking promises to the Navajo Nation. Now, I'm, again, let me explain what that means. The Navajo Reservation is one of the biggest in the nation, okay? Uh, it's like 2,700 square miles. And that particular county that I had mentioned is one of the nation's poorest and unhealthiest communities. They have a high rate of alcoholism, high rate of diabetes. They have food insecurities. They have three to four generations of people living in the home. I saw articles where they were saying that every day it's a struggle to live. Can you believe that? In our country, right here, right now, an entire county is saying that they are struggling to live. Now, I could turn on what the, the National Geographic or one of these other cable channels, and I expect to hear that when they want to show me something in Indonesia. I expect to see that when the, the kids barely, they have no shoes, no shirt on. They got some raggedy shorts on. And I don't think Sally Struthers does this anymore for those who know what I'm talking about. But she's asking for money to donate to these kids. I mean, you know, they, they, they show you the worst circumstances of poverty in some other country. I I get, I can, you know, you got to the point where you're sort of acclimated to seeing that or hearing about that. Not when you're talking about the Dakotas, North and South, I mean. Not when you're talking about states that are hugging Texas, Utah. That's, that's not what you expect. We have to do better because, and I'm talking about now, because historically, we did not. We have already been breaking our promises. After the Civil War, the United States had unrested, had rested New Mexico and California from Mexico. And the miners and the ranchers, they continued moving west. You guys know about all of that. I don't need to go into the history, but the, I believe it's called the Danais. That's an ancestral, ancestral homeland. That's basically the Navajo Nation. That means people, people of the land. They were besieged and they were basically, um, you know, in a campaign of violence. You, I mean, you guys know the history and I'm not going to go into, because honestly, it bothers me to hear how we've literally, <sighs> we literally killed off so many people for reasons that I, I still have yet to understand, you know, 
the, I mean, I get what they say in the history books. I get why they, they, they claim that this was the reason, but for people who, who are already living here peacefully and we come to just for our selfish reasons to kill off families, kids, I mean, it's, I, 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 I honestly can't stand the history of this country. I hope you have been enjoying the show. Well, do not go anywhere just yet. We have a continuing episode with Dr. Bryant Speaks.